You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fetus Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what's going on, everybody? There's the crack of the can to officially start the show. The Off Tackle with John Fina Show. Welcome everybody into the Off Tackle with John Fina Show brought to you by Q42 on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network that will drop on Tuesday as a podcast where several thousand of you will listen to this in podcast form. We want to welcome you guys as well. My name is Joe Miller. I'm the host of the show. And that over there to my left, your right, is the one, the only, maybe not the only, but the one, John Fina. How are you, John? Hey, great to be here, buddy. Victory Monday. Cheers. Victory Monday and Tuesday. Victory Tuesday and Victory Wednesday. And That's Victory right. Wednesday. That's a great, head on, great head on that beard. Wow, on that beard. It's really good. Not bad. Like That was a good pour. <laughs> Super good pour. So where did you watch it? You didn't get to watch the game live, right? No, I, I watched uh, about the first quarter and a half, and then I went to lunch with uh, a couple of my brothers, my sister and my mother, and uh, then I went back and watched it online. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was kind of hard, you know, to to do that. I like to catch games live, but you know, I guess my mom is more important than the Buffalo Bills. I don't <laughs> well, I won't I won't be going to this week's game because my mom is in town staying with us as well. So uh <sighs> I'll be I'll be at home on the couch watching uh this week against Indianapolis. Um so real quick before we get this whole thing really kicked off, uh we are super chat live. So if anybody wants to ask John a question and you want to get our attention if we're rolling on something and I don't I'm not pay, I'm not paying attention to the comment sections. I'm not not necessarily ignoring you. We're just having conversations. So if you want our attention, super chat us. Also, like and subscribe. Uh, so jump on that like button. We've got a bunch of people in the room already, so please like it. And somehow my my wife is in the room. I don't know what's going on right now, but that's my wife. So look at her. I don't know what I don't I don't know what I did, but I did something right. <laughs> Joe, can I tell you about our sponsor? Yes, you can tell us about Q42. Q42 barbecue sauce. What makes it different than the rest? I'm reading this. I'm not, I didn't memorize it. I swear to God, I can't memorize anything anymore. What makes it different than the rest? It's made in Western New York, where you all live or want to live, because that's where the Buffalo Bills are, not stuck in Arizona with me. It's made in Western New York with real Western New York honey, real ingredients. Even the ketchup and the mustard is made from scratch. Holy smokes. Where the other guys had fillers like high fructose corn syrup, which we all know is poison, Q42 puts in the time and effort to cook up its sauce worthy of the most serious tailgaters of which you are. The KC sauce is a crowd pleaser, verified by John Fina on Twitter just a few days ago. The KC sauce, yes, the Carolina sauce is a mustard lover's match. I mean, I went on Match.com just looking for another mustard lover, and I hit on Q42. It was so awesome. So in all seriousness, I, I, I like to play around with it because Iman's a great guy, and the barbecue sauce is awesome. So please go to Q42BBQ.com. Get yours today, ready for this, ready for the holiday season. Put in the code FINA Show, all capitals, to save 15%. Oh, and uh, by the way, the uh, the dry rubs are really nice too. So I treated my chicken with a little dry rub first. I do a little pre-cook on my chicken. 
And then I put it on the coals, give it a little sear, and then move it off the coals, close the lid, get that mesquite smoke going. Fantastico, man. Fantastico. I tell you what, dude, we were out. Uh, so I was in Mexico, as everybody knows, I was not here last week. Uh, and across the street from the resort was, uh, this thing called a food park. And I don't want to get into it. It's, 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 there's a lot to talk about the food park, but at the food park where we got authentic Mexican cuisine, all the locals were hanging out there. So I knew it was in the right place. We got 16 ounce bottles of Coke, Mexican Coke with real sugar. And you said a second ago that that corn syrup, right. Is like the high fructose corn syrup is poison. Dude, real Coke in a glass bottle with sugar, sugar, like sugar cane sugar is what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, we, we can get it all. We can get it in nearly every supermarket in Arizona. Really? Yes. I might be moving. It's contraband though. Look out. <laughs> it's, it's coming across the border like crazy. You think it's just fentanyl, man? They're bringing that original Coke over too. <laughs> so good. So absolutely good. good. But uh, go ahead. What are you going to say? Too soon. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. Uh, but it's good to be with everybody. John is in, uh, I would not say rare form. John's in normal form uh, right about now. So uh, definitely making jokes, which is good. But we're here to talk about this Buffalo Bills and Jets game. We are going to we are going to Jedi mind trick right over the Jacksonville Jaguars game like it didn't even happen. So we're just going to pass right by it, and we're going to go right through this. Surf Pro, like it didn't even happen. That's oh, right. Surf Pro looking for a sponsor for the right. So we're gonna pass. We're gonna pass on the Jaguars game. Move right to the Jets game. So let's start right there. So give me just high level thoughts, expectations going into this game, and then I'll give you mine versus maybe what we got. Well, you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that my expectations were any different from going down to Jacksonville, where I knew that it would be a fight because they're all fights, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I expected to beat Jacksonville. We did not. I expected to beat the Jets, and we did. Um, I, I, I thought that Jacksonville would be a challenge for us. Their defense is, is pretty good, as we came to experience, mm -hmm. unfortunately. But I didn't have that expectation from the Jets' offense or defense. Uh, you never know because it's a division game. I didn't give them props because of the way they play football or who plays football for them but the fact that it's a division game. Mm -hmm. So I expected a little bit, I guess, more of the Jets, and I think we got it, a little bit of it, in the first half. They just ran out of gas. I, I was not too concerned about that quarterback, and I think that our defensive plan, which we'll dig into, kind of reflects mm -hmm. uh, what they felt the weaknesses uh, were for that quarterback and, and that team in particular. Um, I was a little surprised that their offensive line actually played pretty well when things were undecided, but by and large expected a win, got a win. What about you there, Brosif? I'm at the point. I was just on a show. Believe it or not, I was I was invited to be a guest on a show uh, with uh, it was the Herd and Ten podcast with Jake Fortinsky, and I didn't realize that Corbin Bryant uh, is actually his his uh, his podcast co-host. You remember Corbin Bryant, defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills. When yeah. they were doing the, when they were running the wide nine, uh, yeah, he said he remembered you too, which is cool. That I was like, I don't, know if, I don't, I was because I said I don't know if you're familiar with John Fina, but all that to say this, I literally, uh, I, I'm at the point of I do a prediction show for rumblings, and I'm I'm at the point of like I don't know what to expect anymore. I don't know what I'm going to get on a weekend. Like we our predictions every every single weekend, we're like Bills forty two, right? <laughs> Opponent seventeen, and the Bills don't score forty something points. So. I don't know what I just hoped they played well. I hope that they didn't play down to their opponent. I hope that uh, the offense was going to get on track. And I think we saw that. We saw a lot of great things, in my opinion. We saw there was, I mean, obviously the ground game, the running was great. I do have questions for you in that respect that I talked about last night on the Overreaction podcast. As far as like, are we like going to walk away from this going, this is who we are? Or is it more like, well, maybe it's because we played the Jets and they're one of the worst defenses in the league. And we can get into that in a little bit. Uh, Josh Allen at times looked like the Josh Allen of 2020. He was throwing 30 yard lasers all over the football field. The misdirection was back, which was great. He was doing play action all over the place. John, when was the last time you ever saw a football game where all five of the starting defensive backs had a turnover Four of them was with interceptions? So four interceptions, uh, uh, right, uh, cornerback, left cornerback, uh, nickel cornerback safety. And then the last one had a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. Have you ever seen that before? No, that was insane. It was doing part a little bit to quarterbacking. I mean, some of those throws, yes. crikey! <laughs> yeah. Did he actually say I? I feel like I should have been a first round pick or first overall, pick? overall, overall, and 
He was drafted in 18. He felt like he should have been the first overall draft pick. Where did he play football in college? Uh, I knew it until you asked me that question. Because they said it yesterday in the show. They said it yesterday in the show. I'll look it up. But uh, Even if you think that kind of thing, I mean, it's just a little over the top to say something like that. Or maybe that's just the way I was raised. I don't know. I don't talk like that. Like, oh, I should have been this. You know, if you, who cares what you should have been? You weren't. So go out there and be that guy. And he didn't be that guy. Western Kentucky. He was a hilltopper. I love that mascot. <laughs> I always wonder, like, I, I topped the hill. Now what do we do? What do we do? Like, roll down. Jack and Jill. I don't Hilltoppers, famous right. for God knows what. The top of the hill. So do yeah, you... I don't. I don't know. I don't see. I mean, we picked a guy out of Wyoming. He wasn't the number one overall, but I sometimes wonder if Western Kentucky isn't sitting there in the AD's office, going, "Maybe we should cancel our football program." Right. <laughs> my my. I just want to know if you feel that. I'm off base with my what I was saying as far as like not only my expectation that I'm just not really sure what to expect anymore from this football team. Just and, I, and it's not I expect great football from the defense. Like let's just say that this defense. It's weird because we weren't saying that last year. It was the upside down, backwards and sideways. Exactly. It's the offense that I'm just not sure what to expect outside of Zach Moss running into the back of the offensive lineman. That I'm looking. I'm expecting that, and we got a little bit of that in the Jets game as well. So. Uh, outside of that, it's just there's a great deal of like, I'm not really sure. I wasn't sure. So I was excited. I was elated to see, you know, them, them basically, you saw halftime adjustments again, which I thought was great. We saw halftime adjust, adjustments against the Dolphins uh, two weeks before halftime adjustments. And when they, when they made those adjustments, they, they shot themselves largely in the foot in the second quarter with a lot of penalties, some dumb plays. Uh, and then by the third quarter, I mean, they put 21 on them, 21. It was actually 28 to nothing they won by a four touchdown margin which was all pretty much gotten between the last two minutes the two minute drive through the third quarter and at that point in time that game was it wasn't even as close as the score like they 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 beat him into the turf it was yeah it was pretty rough and, and going to your question i think that there's a risk here you know, like you said like you know we talked about like this trap game you don't want the jets to be the trap game like beating mm-hmm. the jets is your trap you know you come off a loss to a team that you feel like you should have beat the jaguars and you didn't, right? So now we're kind of elated, and maybe they are too, for beating a team that sort of fell into last week's category, like should have beat. Right. Um, so, you know, does, what, what does that put them in a state mentality for, you know, hosting the Colts? So that's kind of curious, isn't it? Yeah, we're, I'm sure we will get to the Colts game as well because that's worth talking about when you're talking about Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines. Obviously, you know, I think that football team is better with Carson Wentz than they were with Phillip Rivers. I was obviously at the the, the Colts uh, playoff game here in Buffalo last year, and the Bills had a hard day primarily because they started every drive start was like in their own, like inside their own 20, inside their own 15-yard line, which never makes for an easy day on offense. But we can get to that in a little bit when we get to kind of what's next or, you know, where do we go from here type of a thing. But uh, I was glad there's there's great. There's a great. Do you buy into. Everybody says, oh, it's a divisional opponent. They all know each other. Well, do you know them when they've got a brand new coaching staff? Aren't they a different team? Yeah, they're a different team. I mean, some of the players remain the same, but schematically and this I was kind of mulling this over in my head a little bit when you were talking about adjustments do we do too many adjustments per the team we're going to face, right? Are we game planning too hard, not in the spirit of being too cute, but Mm -hmm. trying to focus too much on their weaknesses rather than just running something over and over that we we have strength with. So I know athletes are different now and defenses are better and they're faster than they used to be. But, you know, when I played a zillion years ago, you know, that we didn't have a lot of variety. We, we pretty much ran the same thing. We made changes in third and long. We made changes in the red zone to attack certain weaknesses, but we do change our offensive scheme quite a bit based on what we believe the strengths and or weaknesses are of the defenses we play. And I won, you know, I guess I just kind of wonder every now and again, is that a wise thing to do? Because then you, you know, you're master of none and Jack of many. Right, right. Said that backwards, but I think everybody gets the reference. Yeah, we totally get the reference. I, yeah, I I don't, yeah, I don't think I know what the answer is. I guess for me, it's the Patriots, right? So the Patriots with Tom Brady for twenty years, they were going to throw that seam pass to to Rob Gronkowski, fifteen yards down the field, because guess what? You can't stop it, and we're going to do it for fifteen years straight. You know what I mean? Like, 
maybe maybe not 15 i mean gronk hasn't been in the league 15 years but you know what i'm saying it only feels like 15 years yeah it does it just doesn't seem like the patriots did much changing on offense like tom was tom and i mean they, they would change depending on the personnel so if the personnel changed then they would change the scheme but if they had the same personnel edelman was going to get his catches he was going to be a nightmare all game long because they're going to force feed him the ball right it just it's just yeah. weird so I guess I guess we look we're we're week nine right so we're we're halfway through the season. Yep, yep. We're week ten with uh, seven to play. Can we all just can we just pause and have a moment of silence about the fact that the season's half over already? It's gone fast. I, I feel really bad for your wife. <laughs> she, she'll be the she'll be the real victim in all this every year. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I slay me. Yep. There is a question that I'm going to ask you from Richard Rush, who's a big fan of the show and a friend of mine. Uh, I wanted to ask John if the up and down on the O-line scheme or on the offensive line is scheme players or Bobby Johnson, whom he respects. Uh, what, up and down. I'm not sure what you mean, like uh, rotationally or, or they, they had a good game this past week. They, they've had windows at times where they've played OK, but like by and large, the, the scheme just. I'm, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to say the scheme. I don't want to lead you, but there's by and large, it seems like there's just times when they're the run just isn't working. It's like, well, yeah, look, stop I, that. you know, the run doesn't always work. I'll always say that first, but I would, I would venture to say that um, the Jets defensive front four was not the Jacksonville front four, nor was it the Pittsburgh front four. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think they pose the same challenges. Uh, we had what a uh, holding penalty on, uh, Deion Dawkins and a holding call on Mitch Morse. Aside from that, I mean, you know, a few blocks were were lost late, um, but that happens. Yeah. Uh, you know, gaps were made, runs were made, passes were completed. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, when I look at coaching, it's not so much schematically. I look a lot of technique, and you know, I think there are technique issues that I would like to see kind of addressed if they're being noticed. Mm. Um, things that I noticed because of the way I was coached. So, you know, if you, I came from a really strong base in college. So when you're trying to teach a pro, this is why the coaching and the pros can be such a kind of a double-edged sword, right? You've got grown men who've arrived at the highest level of their profession. And then you're trying to tell them their baby is ugly a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you don't always have the time to do the technique coaching. And, you know, Sometimes you don't get the belief, you know, so by the time they reach the NFL, a lot of people are really ingrained mm. and trying to work that backwards out can be challenging. But I always, you know, a couple of things that I always lived by was plan your first step, right? So the huddle breaks, I know the play. Uh, my assumption is based on defensive defensive front. I get into my stance and I plan my first step because my first step is going to make it or break it. So uh, if, if there's a change in the defensive front, I adjust accordingly. But, you know, the first thing starts with the first step. Mm. And I see some kind of peculiarities that, you know, if I were coaching and I coach down to, you know, the Nats ass um, with that kind of stuff, you know, six inch step rather than bucket step and things of that nature. I'm sorry. Is this a PG show? What is a six inch step and what is a bucket step? Yeah. So if I'm, Let's say Spencer Brown. Yeah. Uh, I'm in a right-handed stance and I've got to go combination block to the inside with Daryl Williams. And I need to gain ground with my left foot. My right foot's back. My left foot's forward or to you guys, it's like this, I think. Right. So I need to really focus, have enough weight on my outside foot so I can step and gain ground, meaning move toward the direction I want to go. Uh, whether that's truly laterally or a 45 degree angle, or I can still gain ground for it'll listen your brain, even if my step is backwards, as long mm. as I'm making a lateral gain. But bucket step is when I want to go that way and I step here first or step here first. So you step underneath yourself. We, inside, I don't know why I got that bucket step. It doesn't so make sense. In, so it's an inside step. Versus like, an well, no, it's stepping underneath yourself. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. That just that was important because I'd never heard of that before. So you, you didn't. You got perfect timing. Oh, sorry, that was my coaster. I got to protect Shannon's table. <laughs> Shannon, there's no beer on the table. I swear, oh God. <laughs> You're so fancy with your coasters. <laughs> it's just like a piece of wood. It's very nice though. Absorbent. So, 
So let's move to the good in this football game because there was a lot of good in this football game. And for me, a big part of that good was AJ Klein. I was really super duper impressed. And I don't want to take a single thing away from a guy that I wholeheartedly bashed the first six games of the NFL season last year, the Bills season last year, because he was not playing well. And then the Bills magically suddenly figured out how to scheme him. And ever since then, he's been a quality linebacker. And in this football game, he played very, very well. He was moving guys around. He was the captain of the defense. He was the angles he was taking to obviously the football and the runner. He didn't always get there necessarily, but the angles were great. He was running downhill. Like for me, he just played incredibly well. Well, I mean, perfect game for him to step into, right? Against, a, I guess, a mediocre at best offense with a quarterback who thinks he's better than he is. Um, and I don't want to take anything away from A.J. Klein. I have a short-term memory. So what you just said about the first six games last year, I'd forgotten, like, by the seventh game of last year. So, you know, his opportunity on the field, he just took advantage of it. And what a great what a great place to be as a defender, walking in to play with this defense. Uh, you know, so I think he felt uh, a certain amount of freedom to just mm-hmm. have fun and really go downhill and fly around. He was impressive. It was it was very much a bright spot, but to me the overarching point of that is, you know, we're we're finally in a game where it's a little bit tough. They had one good drive in the first half, but it's still it's a battle, right? It's only seventeen to three mm-hmm. at the half, mm-hmm. but it was ten to three up until you know fifty seconds left in the half. So you expose a guy who spent so much time on the bench to real defensive play. And that matters. I mean, you're just, you know, there's only two linebackers on the field in the NFL most of the time, right? It's all right. four, two, four, four, two, five. I can't do that. Four, two, five. So uh, I think the value in that is extraordinary because we'll need him again. Yeah. I mean, we will. Uh, you know, Tremaine Edmonds had issues last year. Milano had an issue this year already. And, you know, you just never know who's going to have to fit in. And for him to get into a game like this, and have that freedom, step in with a confident group, an attacking group that's riding high right now, you can't ask for a better situation. And he really took advantage of it. I mean, you could go in there and disappear and not do anything and still win the game. But, you know, like it or not, you know, you hear and you see, and I'm sure he probably has social media on his phone, and it probably feels pretty good and well-deserved. Question, and I don't know if you can answer this question because in the in the NFL, by and large, you were drafted in the first round by the Buffalo Bills. Your first year, you didn't really play, and then ever, and then since your second year, you were a starter all the way through. Is there something to be said for? Because like what you said was interesting to me, and I'd love to know the answer. Going into a game and just not hurting the team, versus going into the game and attacking. Do guys feel that pressure? Like I just I want to go in, I want to do my job, but I don't want to hurt the team versus I'm going to go in and I'm going to be the freaking man and I'm going to strut my stuff and do what I got to do. No, no, I think it probably came across. I think the situations um, that were available to him made him very apparent, right? Gotcha. And he looked good doing it. Yeah. There, there's a possibility that those plays never come to him and he doesn't really appear, but he still plays a solid game. We're just not on Monday talking about how we should release Tremaine Edmonds. Because you know he some, had he had one people, game. Some people are. So, <laughs> and, and and the reason behind that, right? Um, you have to have an industrial strength and Mars-sized ego to play football. Oh yeah. You're never walking onto the field of play thinking, "I just don't want to hurt the team." Mm-hmm. I mean, you're out there with the attitude that, "Hey, there's Joe Miller. Let me see how many times I can kill him to death." <laughs> And everybody's got that attitude. That's why, like, the week after Thanksgiving, you've seen so many of your teammates, you're just like, I just don't talk. Just, I can't take it anymore. I'm oversaturated. The egos in the room. You're just like, God, I've heard the same conversation like 65 times. That's funny. The other good for me, there was just a lot of good in this football game. Obviously, the running backs had a fantastic football game. I'm still, even with this game, a believer that, you know, we are not a ground and pound team. You know, we are not a run first team, and I don't think we should be. I think we should be a pass first team, 60-40, 70-30. Who knows, maybe even 80-20 if the the game dictates it. But 
I was very pleased with what I saw. It's hard for me to believe because when they made the move to Spencer Brown, moved Daryl Williams in, there was a there was an impact, but it wasn't like whoa, like that line is so much better. And then Spencer Brown hurts his back. He goes out. Williams goes back to le- uh, right uh, right tackle. Cody, Cody, right. Cody comes in right, and it's like oh, this offensive line is bad. And then Spencer Brown comes back, and it's like wow. And again, it's hard because you you say it's the Jets, but Shaq Lawson is not a bum. Quinn and Williams is not a bum. They've got good no, players but, on that defense. But Shaq Lawson never really wanted to play the run. To be fair, true, true. But he, that's no. true. But he was the best run defender we had on that team that year that he played. Yeah, the, you know, the, inter- the, the, the interesting thing is uh, they 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 were two and six coming against us, right? Yes. But they played like two and six. Yes. And the team the week before uh, had one win, but they didn't play like they had one win. So. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's a toss-up. I we talked about it. I'm sure yeah. Cody Ford is a great guy, but you know he played himself out of this lineup. Uh, I went back and in the first half, everybody's trashing. I know we said we you know use the time lapse indicator to jump over last week, but in the first half, there really was only you know one guy who played definitively poorly up front, and it was it was Cody Ford. Right. So, and we, you know, I'm, I hate saying that. I, I never like to criticize, especially offensive linemen or, you know, but it, it, it remains a fact. Well, the, the hard part about this game in general is the fact that guys are going to get moved off the roster who aren't as good and they're, and other guys are going to move out of the roster who are, you hope better. Um, but it, it was just striking to me how much better the offensive line was, regardless of who the opponent was. They seemed to have, I mean, there was a couple of mistakes here and there, and we'll get into some of that. Um, but uh, what were your goods? Obviously, the cornerbacks were the whole defense was great. John, all of it was it was there wasn't much bad. And I, I'll get to the couple nitpicky things that I have when we get to the bad section. It was all good. What did you have anything that stuck out to you? Good wise, yeah. All the defense was great. I mean, you could pick out one player. Uh, I think Ed Oliver continues to oh, impress. You know, we, we just, talked about the challenges he had without having star last year, and he didn't have star yesterday. Um, so arguably, I mean, he continues to develop and. Yeah, 50% of that could just be confidence. Not not, not at the point of trying to call you out. I'm not trying to call you out, but at the beginning of the season, you texted me. We were in a text conversation, and you said that Ed Oliver might find himself not in this team uh, next year. Yeah, what, there's what, nothing wrong with that. You're not calling me out. What did what what have you seen from him? Like, what is the difference between what he did last year, early in the season, to now? Well, I think he was put in a position last year where he had to be the big guy more than he than he wanted to be right mm-hmm. so he needed somebody to eat up to where he could work one-on-one and it, we struggled and yeah. I, I, it wasn't so much that i thought his play wasn't very good but where does he fit and now so you bring star back in now he gets to star in his own movie which is the movie that he actually wrote um and he does really well at that and then i think the you know the younger defensive tackles um are, are fitting into that star mode and providing a similar sort of representation of what star could do. Yeah. But even beyond that, he is, he's more active and he's more productive this year uh, in his one-on-one engagements than he was last year. Right. So, right, right. Look, yeah. I, I'm never rooting for a guy. I love the pick. I think, he, you know, I, I'm just was waiting and, I, and you got to look and see what's the timeline. How's the guy going to do? We're going to have to resign him or we're going to have to let him go. And those decisions have to be made. Yep, yep. I, I mean, I wouldn't I, – I, I'll stand by what I said before, meaning that he had to play well and he's delivered. Yeah. What else for you, Ed Oliver? Anything else good, the defense, Ed Oliver? Yeah, I thought Josh was good. You know, I, the, his interception was a poor throw. There's no two ways about it. It was still a lucky uh, interception, tip ball, and, and McKenna – Yeah, but the, the placement of the ball was bad. The placement of the ball was bad, and McKenna picked out that the defender, the ball actually hit the ground. It just wasn't a great view of it hitting the ground. Like, he may have dropped it. but Right, so the incompletion was bad. It, it is it is what it is. But, yeah, but it's, you know, quarterbacks, as you know, are going to throw interceptions. Well, and I think the offense in general, there was, um, there was a distinct variety in some of the protections that they used. They used some different um, uh, play action passes based on like power schemes and sort of a mini rollout with a personal protector that uh, were effective. Again, so there, these were kind of recent installations, and mm-hmm. there were two instances where I thought to myself, "Yeah, that the problem with 
the, the two mistakes that were made were just because they haven't been running it for eight weeks. Yeah. Right? We haven't seen a lot of this protection. So there's a certain feel and a comfort level of how far to go, how aggressive to be, when to sit, when to strike. And some of that was missing on a couple of plays in particular, but I do like the variety. I think, you know, kind of rolling around in my head and trying to be optimistic as I always am. Right, Birdie? Yeah. So I think, all right, I said earlier, we, we've played nine games now, right, with eight to play. Yep. I sort of kind of want to say, and I want to say it about, you know, three games ago, decide. Decide who you are. Pick a couple of packages and stay with them. Uh, I, let's see, who else? I thought the receiving core did a very nice job. I thought the running backs ran hard. We had a couple of unsuccessful runs, and I thought that the offensive line played pretty well. Yeah, the offensive line, as far as just the what they, it's just it's just hard to describe when when you've got you know three running backs with touchdowns on the ground, which that's the first time in Bills history that's happened that they've had three different running backs score a touchdown in the game. Um, the pass protection was great outside of two plays, which we'll get into here in a second. Um, yeah, it's it, like I said. It, what I, when I started that comment about the offensive line, it's just hard to believe that like how different they were with Spencer Brown back in the game, Daryl Williams at right tackle, and then Ike obviously Ike uh, at left guard. And it'll be interesting to see. Interesting to see when when Feliciano comes off of IR if he gets his job back. Right? I think I think there's no way that we're if we're going to talk draft right now. The Bills are drafting a guard high, are they not? Like they're drafting a guard one t- somewhere in the first second round next year. Yeah, I, I I think that's probably a fair assessment. I, I have no issues with that. They I mean, need a left. They, they need a left guard so bad. They need a left guard really, really bad. No, you need I'm a left guard who can also play right guard. You always you need the you need the Swiss Army knife. And most guys that yeah. can play in can play both sides. I'm gonna I'm gonna get there early. I wanted to talk about it on one of the bad plays, but what is with Ryan Bates? Talk to talk to me about Ryan Bates because we've got a we've got you said Swiss Army knife we've got a Swiss Army knife on the offensive line we've got a guy that can play. What's center. wrong with him? Meaning, why is he not in there? Why is he the guy that can play center, guard, and tackle? Deion Dawkins goes out for one play. He's not the first guy off the bench. What is going on? Why is this guy on the football team? How is he not the first guy off the bench? Well, he played tight end in the game. Did you see? He that did. Play? He he played the Lee Smith role. He absolutely played the Lily Smith. Yeah, he got in on a heavy package. I wrote that down right here. <laughs> I wrote package. that down. Why, is, why did the voice change? That's what I always do when I do my radio voice. <laughs> I just don't thing. understand. What is, the, what is going on there? I mean, I don't know. Can you lend some sort of insight no, to that? Like, can't. no. Like, I can't. I mean, Tommy, Tommy Doyle good. comes in, the game is too big for him still. I mean, a guy's six foot nine or whatever he is, and it, clearly the game's still a little bit too big oh, for him. Oh, please. I mean, can you get put in in the. Pro- with the worst situation possible. <laughs> no, you and then, can't. And then your quarterback drops too deep. Yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get there. Let vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let's talk about the good thing. So we're going to do this a little different uh, in this show. We're going to break down some plays for you guys like we have been. But we're going to break down a couple good plays, a couple bad, and then a couple bad plays, things that need work. Okay, you so, got to remind me what they are as they come up because I have no memory. Well, the first one that you wanted to talk about was the uh, the defensive play, which is where uh, Jerry Hughes tracks with – it was just, in your opinion, something that you saw that you don't see very often from defenses, and it was a look that you felt. Dude, I'm on the podcast. He's on the phone. you got to be kidding me. Yeah, so this was this was a game planning idea, right? So look at they got trips over at the top of the screen, right? To the defensive left. Yeah. 
right? So how nice is it to be able to overload? You got a Groot standing up and you got three behind. All right, that's still there. You got what they call that now the teacup formation, which I don't know, Alice in Wonderland me to death here, right? So <laughs> what do you do? What do you do on the bottom half of the screen? There's AJ Klein in the middle and it looks like it's a little unbalanced. So this this is, a, I think, a specific defense that they put in for this play. And what you see is we'll give up a rusher, all right, an edge rusher and pick up the back out of the backfield with Hughes and drop Groot into the flat, knowing full well that this quarterback doesn't really throw the ball downfield that, that well, right? He's a, a little bit of a dump guy from what I understand, the way yep. I've been, what I'd read. Yes. So this is a beautiful play. You put Jerry Hughes, incredible athlete, on the running back on the wheel route. You've taken away the bottom of the screen. You got press coverage, Levi Wallace. And now the, the, the real risk is this. I don't even like saying it, the teacup formation, because you can run so many rub routes, so many combination routes off of that to confuse the defenders behind them. Which they've so, got trip, which they've got trips, right? So you think that that's what they would do, right? That's right. So it's, it's a cool little wrinkle. I mean, th if this is a Leslie Frazier one, I saw that and I was like, okay, how cool is that? So when you run the play, Jerry Hughes sees the, the running back release, chases him on the wheel route. He's got him in his pocket. It's gorgeous. Groot at the top of the screen in the flat. And in this whole mess with those three receivers, if you can run it back about three clicks, uh, yeah, uh, it, 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 what you'll see there's a there's a ton of our guys in the middle of the field taking oh, gotcha. care of that. You want that? Right you want there, that? You right want there. that shot right there? Look, yeah. I mean that that's pretty cool. So you've got really tough passing windows. It, it, it was a really neat little wrinkle. I don't, you know, I caught it. And then I'm not smart enough to say I'm going to go back and find that formation again to see if they do it again. But with the, their solution, even the two linebackers that come, they bump and drop too. So you're covering the flat all the way across with four guys, and you've got your super skilled guys chasing down the guys in that trips formation. That was and a really cool. And I'll be, I'll be honest, as much as Mike White had a lot of errant, errant throws in this football game, he, I think he's throwing that football away. He sees that the running back is covered and pitches it over his head to the point where, like, there's no way going to get this football. Which like, is sheer silliness because we're only rushing two guys in the end. When the linebackers drop out of there, he could have probably walked to the 20-yard line and got a first down. But, especially when, the, like, the praise that he was given by the announcers was how great he is at going through his reads. Watch him go through his reads. Like, yeah, and then he dumps it down. Or, anyway, it, it, this wasn't a chance to, to blow up Mike White uh, more than an opportunity to say what a neat little wrinklet. Yeah, for sure. We got our first Super Chat. So this one comes from Eric Farrell. Thank you for the Super Chat. Thanks for uh, being a part of the show. Hey, guys, missed you last week. Was that a hold by Dion, which negated a great bootleg, by, uh, bootleg game by Josh, or was it a great block? I thought it was good. He tackled the player, so he spun him and tackled tackled him. But it was no, away from the play. It's it was, neither. It was away yeah, from the play. Okay, you can give your opinion first. <laughs> look, I, it, technically it's a hold. But, you know, when you look at that as an offensive player and you're moving in one direction and the other guy is moving in the under, other direction, he didn't really t take the guy, physically move and tackle him. It was almost like uh, one of those martial arts moves that I don't have where you use somebody, somebody else's leverage and body momentum. But the problem is officials, A, don't understand that, and B, don't see the whole play. So all they see is the end result. Anytime a guard is laying on a tackle or on a defensive tackle, they just throw they just throw holding call. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, so, look, you can't have 30 officials on the field because we'd all throw up. I mean, it would, the game would last six hours, right? <laughs> That's but, funny. The, the next good play. So the next good play is, uh, oh, what is this one? Uh, I don't even remember okay, now. Okay, Josh Allen roll. So everybody, yes, get him journey. out of the pocket. Our, our offensive line is terrible. This is my terrified offensive line voice. Yes, yes, yes. So this is like a half roll. So stop it right there. So before you got to that point, this looks exactly like Indianapolis, right? This is Peyton Manning. You're running to, to do a wide handoff. And yep. then you stop. So we 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 answered the call of the Twitter mafia. We moved him out of the pocket. But the really cool wrinkle here is they take the first uncovered lineman. In this case, it's Morse, and he 
he kind of pirouettes out and he becomes a personal protector for him. So it's a really nice play. You got act hard action right, and then he sets up. By the time he sets up, he's actually behind where Spencer Brown lines up. Yep, yep. So we move the pocket, and then we escape with an offensive lineman. And I just think it's an interesting play for the people that say we need to get him out of the pocket. I want them to understand this is that. Mm. Yeah, and you can see, to your point, like Mitch Morris is standing there as, as his personal protector. Uh, you see Dawson Knox leaking free, which is cool. And this is this is the moment where you've got they've got three uh, linebackers, and you can see them. And C.J. Mosley is recognizing what's about to happen. Before the other two linebackers know what's going on, C.J. Mosley has already sniffed it out. He's like, uh-oh, this is about to be a problem. Right, and, <laughs> and everybody loves Spencer Brown's block on the touchdown when he pulls and buries the uh, the tiny yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we're all tiny next to Spencer. <laughs> we are. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the best block, the block in addition to that, if that block doesn't happen, is Daryl Williams on C.J. Mosley. Oh, spoiler alert. Dang, I gave it away. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're getting ahead of yourself, which I think is the next play. So I can't help it, Joe. <laughs> He's so excited. Uh, we have another super chat from uh, Sharon Bri- uh, Briandi, who just basically says, thanks, guys. Just thanks. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that was, let's party like it's 1999. <laughs> Sharon, you're great. Thank you for all the love on Twitter. True yeah, Bills Mafia. Thank you yeah. so much. Let's she's awesome. It. She's awesome. So, um, and this one is a uh, two two play sequence. It's the end around of Sanders, uh, mm-hmm. and then right behind it, the jet sweep, the return of the jet sweep by Isaiah McKenzie. And uh, I just love this play. This is something. This is the first. I think this is the most successful end around we've run in a very very long time. And I just love seeing. And I pointed this out to you, all the guys. So you got Ike Bucker. Like our, our left guard, who's already out beyond the the numbers on the right side of the field. Spencer Brown's out there. Like well, everybody's out there. And and the reason it is, it's the blocking scheme. So we're we're pause it right there. So we're actually running power to the left. That's why you know when you move everybody this way, you hope to suck the defense with you, which is what you just need those edge guys to move a little bit so your receivers can get locked into them, and then you know your fast guy Sanders can get around the edge, right? right. So now. Bear with me. We are seeing play action or action going opposite the jet sweep. So this play looks like it's going left, but it actually goes right, and it'll be important in a minute. But, yeah, so what happens is on this scheme, the guys end up being free because they're faking a combination block that isn't necessary at the point of attack. So all Dawkins has to do is get in front of the three technique and then – the, the, that double team action uh, Boker uses and it just releases at a 45 degree angle and it's not dissimilar to the same thing that uh, that Spencer Brown does. He, he steps down, checks that gap, nobody comes, he looks out. He, uh, Sanders makes the corner and he runs upfield. Let's see if I'm right. I think what's amazing about this play too is that Daryl Williams is the only offensive lineman that goes in the opposite direction. Well, that's because he's pulling. We're faking power to the right. left. And there, you can't say enough about the fakes on Allen. Okay, stop, stop. Oops, sorry. I was Run it there. again, and instead of watching our offensive line, watch the three linebackers. Oh, they all, where are they, they, all, going? they all go right. They yep. all follow Singletary. They're all following the action of the pulling guard. How how much? So they the only guard they key on is Daryl Williams. He, the only one they key on is Daryl Williams. No, you I mean going? you're right. I, I just you know you always want to break it down to the skill positions. And I no, 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 no. <laughs> I think speaking of skill position, I think that Josh Allen has become masterful in his ball work, and you saw it in this football game several times. Like yeah. he was the magician on this play. Like right here, whoop! I got the ball still, and then he yeah. tosses it to Sanders. Yeah, but that so that movement, just getting those those linebackers to move two steps matters. Yeah, and look, and then, there's Mosley again. You're not going to stop that guy. His hair is amazing. And then the one that you wanted, which was the uh, the jet sweep, which this mesh point handoff was incredible. You so stop here's right? what's cool about this, right? We just watched action away, jet sweep to the right. Now we're going to see, and you, you just don't see this. It, to me, it was like, I was like, wait a minute. Did they make a mistake? Did, they, did the offensive line run the wrong play? And they didn't because Josh and the running back also ran the wrong play. So you don't see a jet sweep to the side of the action this is crazy right because you think what you're going to be doing is bringing everybody to the play but we're just looking at him saying 
we're going to fake it to the way that we're running it? That makes no sense. Now, he could have handed the ball off and it would have been a touchdown, but it's not a read, obviously, because he handed it off. But what? So check out Daryl Williams' block on that play. That's great from the end zone. Well, yeah, let me get to that one. So this would have been Zach Moss's longest run of the year, probably. Like he he literally makes it to the end zone on his own. And it, like and McKenzie's the one with the football. My eyes got tricked during the game. So we'll we'll get to the end zone. It's actually a corner shot, but uh this one right here. So what do you want us wanting us to look at in this play? Um Daryl Williams, Williams. Today, right? Daryl Williams. Yeah, it's going. So they all jet inside. So all the mo. So what were you saying? All the motion, all the action is to the side that he's going to, right? Yeah. So you don't typically run a jet sweep to the same side that you're faking the ball. Right. It's hard to believe that the the funny Mosley didn't get tricked. So Mosley was all over it. He was the only one. The Bills have tried to do this jet sweep a couple times uh, this season. Have gotten and it's gotten snuffed out. And it didn't. It started not working at the end of the season last year. Yeah, so we downloaded the wrong play. The one that I wanted to send you, we didn't look at, but that's okay. Earlier on, everybody go back. No. So, but I just thought that was a cool wrinkle. So you got back-to-back plays where you're running jet sweep, except your action one way, sweep the other, and then your action the same way you're sweeping. It's just kind of it's kind of wild. Yeah, it'll look crazy. So awesome stuff. So the bad, the 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 work. There wasn't much in this football game. You were gonna show the two bad plays. Is that later? We're going to do that here with the work. We're going to do it with oh, the work. Okay. The big thing with the work for me, and of all the people watching the show, maybe because we know Jerry Ostrowski watches once in a while, and we don't know necessarily who's out there lurking or paying attention, but you have been in an offensive huddle, right? So you, you've you been in, a, in an offensive huddle. I am so confused this season why or how so many of our offensive players have gotten jumped on Josh Allen hard counts, two in this football game. Singletary, who's standing next to Josh Allen, who has his eyes on the football, right? He can see the ball getting snapped, jumps on a Josh Allen hard count, and so does Cole Beasley. They've got to be calling this in the huddle, right? It's on two or it's on whatever. Like, what? what is that hard count call? What's said in the huddle? I don't know, man. Look, all I know is I went to a charity event after a Sunday night game and gave a big speech in front of, like, 1,600 people, and then I asked for questions and like, a – eight-year-old boy the only question you want to know is how it felt to jump off sides on national television (laughs) and i immediately told him i'm like i felt like a dumbass what do you think you little rat bastard look what you did you little jerk (laughs) you know you know sometimes you just you the count doesn't happen as quickly as you want or there's an adjustment and you just, you forget the count, you know, like you, you do that. You're driving home. Your wife's like, did you pick up the pickles? And you're like, oh yeah, honey. And meanwhile, you're making a U-turn in Pennsylvania you're heading back to, to the market. They come, they, it's like they come in fits and starts. You know, I don't think it has anything to do with Josh. You're just focused on your job sometimes and the, the cadence you forget. Gotcha. What, anything but, for you that needs work that's outside of the, the videos that we have. Are we going to say something else? Oh my God, our tight ends need work. Our tight ends blocking. Um, well, one of them has a broken hand. I don't so. care. I mean, put a club on it. We played a guy with a club not too long ago. <laughs> thing, club. The yes. visual gag. My visual gags don't work for the pod. No, they definitely don't. For people listening, yeah. D- well, look, you work. know, uh, you got to. They need to block better. They're, they're not blocking gooder enough. You know what I mean? They got to get more gooder. You're talking about both tight ends, correct? That's yeah, got to be. I feel like I feel like they rushed Dawson Knox back. Do you think that's part of the reason? Um, well, they might have had to do it out of necessity, but uh, I just I think they need they need to get better at blocking. For for a team that for an organization, a franchise, a coaching staff, a per, you know, personnel guys that have over the last two three years gone out of their way to give guys extra time. You know, when we think about Mitch Morse last year, didn't play in the Cardinals game coming off that concussion because they just gave him an extra game. Like they've, they sit last year, they sat Edmonds out and Milano out. They, they sit guys when they can to just give them extra rest. It just seems like they maybe rushed. Dawson Knox was supposed to be a three to four week injury. He came in in three. And as, there was a picture of them getting to the plane on Saturday for this flight. And his hand was exposed and the outside of his hand was super swollen, super swollen. So I can't imagine that that was comfortable. No, maybe not, but you still got to block. 
Right. I mean, right. or don't call plays where Dawson Knox has to block. But Sweeney is, I mean, he needs to get better too. This and is great. I mean, that's the, that's the first thing that popped out to me. Yeah. And I obviously I'd like the, the offensive line needs to continue to get better. And we need to, we need to play good football against a good front four. Right. So I haven't studied Indianapolis. I'm sure the PFF people and everybody have already broken down that game a million times. I, I, I like to kind of watch the game uh, and assess the players as they play in that game. Cause sometimes you have a guy who you didn't, you didn't expect him to be a great player and he plays out of his head and then, you know, great guys will have a poor game. So that's just my excuse for saying I'm not going to prepare. So Mark Johnson asks first and foremost, or he says first and foremost, <clears throat> excuse me, welcome back, boys. Is John wearing pants, a kilt, or a skort? You'll never know. My brother and I were just shopping for kilts online at a really cool place. It's called Utila Kilt. You're Italian. Why are you looking for kilts? That's so weird. Oh, uh, that's Arizona. You want to be able to create a little air movement. Right. So Matthew Montgomery, uh, can a team get better at blocking this late in the season? Yes. Of course, everybody can get better. Everybody should be aspiring to be better at everything every day, right? So, I mean, you you talk, they go out there and they run routes every day because receivers, you know, work on how they come out of breaks, uh, the footwork into a break. Defensive backs can improve, um, you know, their footwork, which is huge. Um, you know, you get better at your reads and defensive line, you get better at your leverage points, right? right so, right. yes, yeah, they, and it, it's, it's, Sometimes you got to find uh, you got to you got to find what each guy needs to hear, right? So when I coached, the biggest thing I tried to do is just talk about how, and I, I steal everything from the guy who coached me, so this is not mine. But you know, words trigger pictures. So when I coach offensive line, I, I try to boil it down to the fewest words I can. Not like this show where I can't stop talking. I'm sorry. Not sorry. Not sorry at all. <laughs> So the short answer is, you know, the, the thoughtful player can get, can get better. And, you know, it could be a little bit of it is confidence too. Like sometimes when your confidence is down, mm -hmm. you're, you're not striking when the exact uh, a potion, right, to fix it. The cure is actually to strike more, strike harder, strike faster. Gotcha, gotcha. But the, you know, the doubt creeps in. So eliminating the doubt and, and throwing it out there will make you a better player. Right now, as far as uh, going I love through these super chats, by the way, yeah, they're, they're really awesome. good. They're really freaking awesome. So, um, so getting into just uh, what we're going to look at as far as plays go, this is the one that you wanted. And there was a combination block here that, uh, yeah, why don't you just uh, kind of break it down? All right. This is just lead, right? So it's fullback lead. Uh, Deion Dawkins on the end, combination block, center left guard to the, the middle linebacker on the hash. And then what you should see here is right guard, right tackle, three technique to C.J. Mosley, right? And then what you have on the back from the tight end should be a, what we call a sift. So you step inside as a tight end. If threat is at the defensive lineman, you want to chunk him and then move, move, work your way up to that linebacker at the top hash. But what happens here is they misread it because they lined up in this 4-4, which is kind of cute, and they sneak the guy into the box a little bit. Now, if he's out in space and there's no reason for him to be out in space, then he's then it's an eight-man box, right? Now, if I can do the math, one, two, three, four, five, we've only got seven guys. But mm -hmm. you got to block the point of attack first. So the breakdown here is between Williams and Spencer. They have to be climbing C.J. Mosley. And they don't. They climb this, the the uh, what would amount to the Sam linebacker. So this would be Sam Mike Will Stubb, um, and they climb to the Sam rather than to the Mike. So the Mike, who's C.J. Mosley, ends up being free here. But if they go to Mosley and they let the tight end sift, this actually becomes a nice little play. So this is a this is an error breakdown, and it amounts to you know this is why when you get up to the line of scrimmage. And you see the center do this and looking around. Uh, everybody else should know the play well enough to be looking around too. Now I don't know if this is Morse's call, but if Morse is telling, um, if Morse is telling, jeez, uh, please give me a break here. If Mel Morse is telling Boker that they're going to the the Will, which is the the second guy from the bottom, then Williams and Spencer need to be going to the Mike. So if you run this, you'll see you'll see Spencer and Daryl on the Sam 
right there. And CJ Mosley just comes free. The wrong guy to come free came free, right? The one guy you want to yeah, block. We want, we want 47, 43 free because, well, and it doesn't matter. Our tight end gets beat anyway. I mean, he doesn't take the right step. Here's my question. When Josh Allen comes to the line and he sees this, I know that it's first and 10. I know that we want to be balanced. I know that we want to play complimentary football. He's at eight in the box. Why is he not checking to a pass? Well, he should. I mean, I shouldn't say he should, but what I would like to see, because this isn't like a surprise alignment. Well, I don't know that it isn't. I mean, I don't think that either the Sam or the stub walked up at the end. Right. So if they didn't walk up at the end, then yeah. I mean, you know, they might be in the quarterback room right now saying, dude, this is play action all the way. Imagine if he fakes this and rolls out on a bootleg. Our tight end gets beat like a drum here. Right. 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 So Josh is running. 43 is already running downhill. He's I just, out into space. He can dump it. For me, you've got you've got single high single high safety, right? You've got you've got Diggs at the top, you know, in man. You've got Sanders at the bottom in man. If he comes out of that and pumps it to one of those guys, this it's going to pull the safety, and the other guy is wide open by himself. Right? Yeah, just it's it's the exact same play, Joe. It just turn it into a pull and a play action. But you know, it, or 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 hold on. They may not have an audible out of this. Not every play has an audible. Not every alignment and a play has an audible. You're just running it. Whatever it is, like we're calling this play, you're going to run it. Yep. That's wild. But look, I mean, if they block it right, first of all, I don't, in, in my heart of hearts, I have no idea how our tight end gets beat inside here. We just, I mean, that's just bad stepping. So it's, so Dawson Knox at the top of the screen is what he's talking about. So Yeah, but he can, he can, he can pull with his left foot and gain ground rather than bucket step and then just do a rip through like an arm under, like a defensive lineman rushes the quarterback. Right. We, Pete Metzler's did that a million times. You step inside, you rip and you have that guy on your back hip and you just climb to the linebacker. So everybody, everybody watching Dawson Knox is on the top half, the top hash rather in a three point stance. And you can watch when I roll this, uh, the, the end gets right underneath them. Burnk right by him. Yeah. That doesn't Which, help. Which it doesn't, yeah. But CJ was already there. Mosley was there in a flash. Like yeah, well, just runs guess right what? To if you go point. back to the zone week where Bates was at tight end in the heavy package on the left side with a slot, we ran zone week and the running back bent it all the way to the backside. Right. Next one for me is this one. Uh, and I just wanted to bring up the two sacks because this to me needs work. Um, and this is the first one uh, where Tommy Doyle comes in for the injured Deion Dawkins for one play. Third and 11. Third and 11, yep. Which is not an ideal situation. But Doyle and Spencer Brown both get hosed, as does Buck Butker. Spencer Brown does not. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. First of all, 41-yard line. And this guy goes right by him. 10 yards. What are you talking about? Spencer Brown's block is perfect. Okay, then I'm wrong. It just seems like he leaked him too far back. So, what are you but talking you, about? Stop. Hang on a second. Right. You you've got so, you've got another opinion on this on where the fault is, which is what I'm trying to lead you to. But you're blaming me. Of course I am. That's because we're fighting. No, I don't. I don't. I don't talk about fault. But Josh Allen can't drop to ten yards and then step up to nine. It's just not how it's done. Now. We had a problem in the middle here. Tommy Doyle is just, you know what? I mean, he's a, he's going into the, the film room today and be like, thanks a lot for putting me in on third and 11. After right. Standing on the sideline, right. my back is as tight as a freaking, you know, two by four. But Josh drops too deep and he does this a lot. And yeah, he, he's a full a 10 lot. yards. He's a full 10 yards. From he's a full three. 10. So Spencer Brown's block is perfect. There's nothing wrong with Spencer's block, but Doyle's already turned. I mean, you can see he's facing the end zone. At least um, Spencer uh, Spencer's still facing the sideline a little bit. The play really, you know, Josh can't step up, so to speak, but bear with me on this, all right? Yeah. So they do run a pretty nice little game here on the inside, but Mitch doesn't pass the guy off quickly enough to Boatker, so he can't recover for Daryl Williams' guy. It's, a, it's pretty technical, but you'd mm -hmm. have to go back and look at it from the end zone. Um, so they have a problem up front. It's a good game, and it's a hard game to, to trade. So they failed at that up front. But if Josh is on the F, instead, the front of the F instead of the back of the F, mm -hmm. then he might have a chance to beat this guy. 
which goes back to this thing I was thinking about a while back before when we talked about some of the the seven man uh, zero coverage stuff that we see. You know, Josh is really pretty darn good at eluding a guy that's coming right up into his face. Yes. So if he's in the right position here, if he beats this free rusher, he might be able to leak out. Um, so it, it, look, the variety of this play is never going to be good at the way it's kind of run here. Mitch doesn't respond quickly enough. Daryl does okay. He gets on his guy. But if Josh is, was already there, he wouldn't be stepping and throwing. He'd be tucking and running. And you got Zach Moss with a nice little block there. You got Boker shutting down. It could be a 20-yard game. Yeah, we're, run, we're running everybody, out of time. Everybody has a technique, including Josh, and Josh violated his technique. Gotcha. And, and you had said that to me, and that was, that was one of the things we talked about on the phone. Like, you had said that to me on the phone today, that, like, the quarterback has to work on his drop technique. That's something they work on every single day. So at some point in time, somebody's going to have to correct that with him. This is the last one, and this one was confusing to me. I did I did send a memo. I'm kidding. To who? To the, who? Drops, oh. the depth of the drop. Gotcha, gotcha. So this is wild to me, and I would love to know, is this on Josh? Is this on Brita? Like, who is this last sack on? Because Josh is clear, like, bang, decleater. Like, the dude gets decleated. Brita's not, I mean, I know Brita's running the hot, but is he not responsible to chip that guy at all? It's hard to know, right? So, it, the you would think, first of all, Josh would, he kind of has to know where his hots are, right? So, the Josh doesn't, he doesn't even know this guy's coming. No, no. And I'm saying, so if if Josh isn't looking at him, his expectation is he should be blocked. So as I look at this, I think Brita's got to put a hat on this guy, but he his read could be something else, right? So we know it's a free release by the tight end. So is Brita's read the two inside guys and we let the outside guy go no matter what? Because he might be reading go back to the snap. So, I mean, if I were coaching this play, it looks like you got Morse going left and it's three to block four in case the guy comes off the slot, but there's no way he's coming from there, right? So you have to choose at some point. And in this instance, you always go to the nearest tackle. You're not really going to slide right and put Boker in that position to try to press a guy who's already got inside leverage on him. So you're going to double on the left side. And now you got two guys manned up on the right. So if Brita's read is from the guy on the hash to the guy who came, then it's his fault. If he has no read, it's Josh's fault. But you just don't know. I mean, jo I, jo Josh has to at least look that way to see if somebody's coming. Right. I mean, I'm looking at Brita's helmet right now, and of course, I can't see his eyes. But no, he's looking. He's looking towards the towards the shield for sure. So I'm thinking this is Brita's error on the read. So they're gonna run it here in a second. Deposit in two steps. Right there. So right now, I mean, he's got to see that guy if he's responsible. Well, first of all, just so everybody's aware, at this point in time, the, Brita can't get him. He can't redirect. Right. There, there's no way. I mean, people look at this and say, oh, he's just got to slide into his left and block. No, it's over already. He had to see this before. Before he took that second step, he had to see this. Why is Knox going to the second level instead of picking up that linebacker that's blitzing? Knox oh, Knox is running, running a route. That's he's right. A route. He's on a route. Gotcha, gotcha. And literally, dude, he, he comes off that corner. Where's it at? So, like, literally, like, this ball is snapped. I'm sitting on the couch, and at the snap of the ball, I see him, and I'm like, look out. It's great timing, though. I mean, he didn't Boom. he didn't give it away. That's great defense. I mean, he, he came from depth without giving it away. Usually those guys creep a little bit more. I mean, he had, like, one creep step, but not too bad. Right, right, right. And that concludes our weekly breakdown of the plays, both good and bad. If you agree with me, <laughs> ping me on Twitter. If you don't, keep it to yourself. <laughs> Looking forward to the Colts game. So what uh, What are your opinions? What are Have you watched much of the Colts? I haven't watched. Look, between UCLA football, South Point High School football, U of A football, and the Buffalo Bills, man, I, I just – I haven't seen much of the Colts. I, I've always liked Carson Wentz. I don't, I don't know if he's going to be the guy ever. Um, but I think the key to this game is is 100% our offensive line play and our tight ends. Yeah. That 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 is the key to the game. Yeah, this game is going to be tough. I mean, you're talking about a guy in Frank Reich who was the offensive coordinator for Carson Wentz when Carson was good with the Eagles, his first couple seasons there. So 
it's it's impressive to me that 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 Reich was like, you know what, the Eagles are letting this guy go, and I know what I know how to make him play good. Right. Like I know how, I know how to scheme him, and he has. And Carson Wentz has been playing very decent football. I think this football team is better with Carson Wentz than they were with Philip Rivers. Um, they're scary. And I'm at the top of the I want Naheem Hines at the end of the season. I want Naheem Hines in a Buffalo Bills uniform because he's big, he's fast, he's a determined and intentional runner. He's basically Antonio Williams with Matt Breida speed, which is crazy um, to think about. But this is going to be a challenge. They've got a great defense. Quinn, Quinn and Nelson is uh, on that on that offensive line who's probably going to be a Hall of Famer in this league. This is going to be a fun game. He's back from his injury, didn't he have a foot injury? Yeah, he's back. He's back. So it's going to be basically Ed Oliver versus him, one-on-one all day long. Depending on where the tight end lines up. Correct. Right. So, but uh, with that, I think we're uh, I think we're going to wrap this thing up. We're about five minutes over time, but that's not too bad, right? It's not See, too what bad. What does that mean overtime? Like, are we getting in trouble? Do we have to go to bed early? No, there's just a just like to keep it to an hour. So nothing, no. nothing, nothing major. But, uh, anyway. We've had a solid number of people on the here on the off tackle with John Fina show. Brought to you by Q42 on the Buffalo Rumblings Multicast Network. Uh, do me a favor before you jump off, make sure you subscribe, hit that like button, tackle that like button, as Jay Spence the King said. Any final closing thoughts there, uh, John? Yeah, uh, you know, there's always better days ahead, right? Even when you play well, even when you play down, when you don't play well. So, you know, keep your head up, Bills Mafia, go easy on some of your players, try to think constructively, focus on the positive, send out the good vibes, make the karma go round, and beat the damn dolts. Did I say that wrong? <laughs> beat the brakes oh. off, the, the off the Colts. Beat the brakes off the Dolts. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. But uh, I don't care. Beat beat the horseshoes off them. Beat, just beat them into the ground. The so, brakes. The horses bre- don't have brakes. <laughs> I don't even get that. All of a sudden, he's getting super technical on me. Anyway. <laughs> Wait, it's a good time. Hey, Joe, it's a great time in the show. I love breaking down the film. Uh, I hopefully, uh, you know, the listeners are, if you don't like us breaking down the film and you listen to the pod, tell us to cut it out because you can't see it and we won't, we'll still do whatever the hell we want. Um, but we appreciate the input. Not really. Um, we love having you on the show. Hey, party like it's uh, party, like it's fall in Buffalo and, um, you know, let's root for our beloved Buffalo bills as I like to call them. And, uh, you know, have a great week, everybody out there. Be good to somebody. Do a good turn to somebody else. And uh, go out and buy some Q42 barbecue sauce. You won't regret it. Joe Miller, John Fina, Off Tackle Show with John Fina, brought to you by Q42. Go Bills. Go Bills. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. 